Welcome to the Surrendering in Motherhood podcast. I'm Carly. And I'm Olivia. Each week, you'll hear real conversations between two moms disrupting society's lies about motherhood and children. We'll be sharing personal experiences that will hopefully leave you feeling empowered about the honor that it is to raise children. We don't have it all figured out, and that's okay. Our goal is to help encourage mothers to stand firm and mother with conviction. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Surrendering in Motherhood podcast. Welcome back, y'all. So this week is a continuation of our conversation last week, and it's a little bit different, I guess, but it still all has to do with emotional safety. And we just spent a good three hours. (laughs) I know we've said this so many times on the podcast, but this is when Carly and I actually sit and talk with one another and kind of just uh, decompress from the week and get ready for the week ahead. So this really, really matters. And we are excited to continue talking about this tonight. Yeah, we ended last week. uh, We kind of like started talking about what we're going to talk about. And then we were like, okay, let's pause. Because this episode's going to get too long. So I mentioned that I wrote something about our children like calling us out mm-hmm. and feeling safe enough to do that. Yes. yes. So um, I'm going to read that and then we can dive in and y'all we're going to talk about emotional safety until the cows come home until the cows come home. until there's been so many things that we've seen lately and just experienced in our personal lives. And we're just both really feeling grieved about how important this is. And we know that God is putting it on our hearts to talk about this. So as it makes sense, we're just going to keep talking about it. Yes. I mean, Carly and I have said so many times on this podcast that there are so many layers. This by far, I think, has the most layers because it literally impacts everything in the world could be so different. If we have these conversations, people are open to these conversations and receiving them and willing to actually understand what it means to not only create emotional safety in their homes for their children, but also for themselves. Oh yeah. This it's, it's deep and it's heavy and It can definitely feel like a lot. Yes. And I think this is one of those things where I think it's important that we feel grieved by things that are this important. Yes. Because while we feel grieved about it, we can also understand that we are capable of changing things about this. Absolutely. And we are capable of making decisions about the way that we live our lives and how we are in relationships with people and with our children. Um, it's, it's a lot and it's important and we are all capable of peeling back the layers and really getting down to what this means. Yeah. It's all the ands, no buts, just ands. All the ands. Okay. I'll go ahead and read this. 
Mama, please stop talking to me like that. Those words stopped me in my tracks. I was feeling annoyed, overwhelmed, tired, and overstimulated as the sleepless night expired and the morning brought all of the morning demands, just as it always does. In society, those words in that context, historically, might have landed a slap on the face, or at the very least, a stern talking to. My home is not society, though. How dare a child tell a mother what to do has healed into how dare I put the responsibility of my lack of emotional regulation on my child simply asking questions and needing me. Kids have no idea about the stuff that is happening behind the scenes. The stress, the emotions, the struggles, the sacrifices. And you know what? It's not their fault or their responsibility. I can be a human and show my humanness to my children without them having to suffer the consequences of my lack of dealing with my own stuff. I was given an opportunity in that moment of my child saying those words to me. I could be angry because my child is calling me out, or I could be humble, change my tone, and repair. Shout out to the Holy Spirit creating my willingness to surrender. <laughs> it isn't easy. I know what I know, and yet I am still a human being. It's a decision every day. It's a decision every moment. It's an intentional decision to live how I'm called to live. It's also an intentional decision to repair when my humanness inevitably sets in. How thankful I am to know that there is a God that cares so deeply about who I am and how I mother these little eternal inheritances. My son asking me respectfully to stop speaking to him in a way that is not appropriate is a gift. It is the fruitfulness of years of intentionality, prayer, surrender, mess-ups, and repairs. It's not going to ever be perfect. It's messy. That's what keeps us humble and needing a Savior. Let each of your children see how unique and necessary your children is with each of them. Don't ca get caught up in the information overload that is constantly circulating. Try to keep the main thing the main thing. Look in, look up, start right here. Oh, man. I say this every time, but uh, Carly's book will be coming out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you sent me this, like vividly, yeah. because it's exactly what you said in your writing. Growing up, and I mean, I don't know if this was everybody's experience, but I know a lot of people in our generation and older generations, if we had ever said that to our parents or our grandparents, their response would not be what your response was. Yeah. Without, without question. Yeah. And emotionally your child feeling like they can say that to you shows you just how intentional and how you've been mothering with conviction. And I hope you are so proud of that. And 
proud of your son for the fact that you guys have a relationship, a safe enough relationship where he can say that to you and not feel afraid or not feel like you'll reject him or not feel like you'll tell him to go in the other room or tell him to be quiet or slap him across the face. Yeah. That's going first. That's literally taking steps to change generations. Yeah. When, uh, at the time when this happened, I, you know, what is so funny now? I can't even remember when it was like what was happening. I'm so thankful that I wrote that down when I did like when that happened so that I can remember the, like the main things that I should remember and not the, I guess that I was obviously speaking to my children in a way I wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. And you know what? I do remember that he didn't say it disrespectfully. He said it just like how I'm talking right now. He was like, mama, can you please stop talking to me that way? And even if he did say it disrespectfully, we would have had a conversation about, Hey, like the way that you speak to me, the way I speak to you, it obviously matters in that moment. I was speaking to him disrespectfully though, obviously. Right. Right. So how am I going to sit here and say, Hey, stop talking to me disrespectfully when here I am doing that. So that's a whole sidebar conversation about what we say matters and also how we say it matters. Yes. So the part about that, that was the most important thing was the fact that he felt safe enough to say, Hey, you're talking to me in a certain way. And that's not appropriate. And I don't like, that's not how we speak to each other. Right. In our family. And And like I was telling you before, this is the same child that this past week I found a note where he was describing different people in our family hurt his feelings, did this like so descriptively sharing his feelings and emotions. And we sat down as a family and we spoke about it and everybody was able to say how they felt. Everybody was able to ask for forgiveness and it was a way that our family could come together and talk about what had happened in a healthy way. And I was telling you this before, this is the same child that I parented very differently when he was younger. Yeah. And that, when I hear people say, oh, this is just how I am. This is just how I was raised. This is just how I'll always be. Oh, I'm fine. I'm like, you know, we can literally change at any point if we want to. Yes. And when things are not working, it's obvious. Yes. If we're willing to actually see and not be detached, it's very obvious. Right. Well, that's. And I mean, early on in my motherhood journey, I had to really reconcile the fact that the way that I initially was mothering my children, I would have no relationship with them when they grew up. 
If you'd continued on. If I had continued, yeah. Right. And so. And that's the thing. I feel like people, when they're so detached or they've never seen it any other way or no one's ever modeled anything for them, they don't even think about doing it differently. Yeah. Until they see someone doing it differently or their child says something or does something or I don't even know. It's just, it's never too late to change something. Like it's just like they've said, I I don't know if they said it on the, the place we find ourselves podcast, but basically that you can going back and repairing is always possible. Mm-hmm. So if something happens years and years and years ago, and you're the parent and you know what happens, what happened, and you decide to sit down with your child at whatever point in their life and say, you know, I'm sure you remember this. I remember this. I'm sorry for that. I now realize at this point in my life that the way that I acted, the way I responded or didn't respond really negatively impacted you. And I'm sure has for however long this has been going on for. And I'm sorry for that. Mm -hmm. Doing that can change everything rather than knowing that that happened, knowing that there was a rupture and not apologizing or not talking about it. That can change everything. Yeah. Well, and you know, you say even repair is important even if our children don't remember. And it's not even bringing up old stuff because whether their conscious mind remembers things or not, their body remembers it. Yes. Because these things live inside of us. And so the act of a parent being humble enough to come in front of a child and say, Hey, I did this, or I said this, or this is the way I acted, or this is how I responded or whatever the situation is. And I don't want to do that anymore. That is everything. Changes the game. It changes their DNA. Literally. Like it's, it's not even, it's the impact is so for something so simple. Yeah. It's so huge. Well, that's the thing is that, did we say this last week that things could be so simple in our world and it's everybody, we overcomplicate things. We overthink things. We think we need to do all these grand things and it's really not. If we peel back the layers, get back to the basics and really just look at it, things could be so simple. And these small little things in air quotes are really the biggest, most impactful things in yeah. our lives, in our children's lives, in their future relationships and their future children. I literally cannot get over the concept of emotional safety. It, I was saying this to Carly before we started recording it tonight. I cannot stop thinking about it because it, it impacts everything in our lives. And, and the concept of understanding what emotional safety is 
and, and creating that space within our homes for our children and doing the, the healing work on our, ourselves. So we feel safe feeling our own emotions. Yeah. It's work. It's messy. It is not beautiful right now. Yeah. <laughs> on the other side. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. And so I just, I, I just can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop talking about it. The amount of times I've texted Carly this week and we've gone back and forth about so many different topics that fall underneath this. Mm -hmm. That's why Carly said we will continue talking about this until we feel like we've talked, (laughs) we've talked it all through because it just matters. It just matters so much. Yeah. Well, and just like, hearing you talk about like how we have to do the work within ourselves, we cannot give our children something that we cannot give ourselves. We can't help our children's work, our children work through things that we can't work through. Right. So how are we going to expect? Yeah. How are we going to expect our children to grow up and to be healthy adults that can process emotions and move through the challenges that life brings in a healthy way if we if we're not doing that right and another thing you and I were just saying before this is people have a hard time facing their children because they have a hard time facing themselves our children are an extension of us and that's a, a hard harsh reality for a lot of people yeah it's hard to acknowledge that. Yeah. And I mean, it's still something that I'm working on. You know, I mean, we say it all the time. We don't have everything figured out and that's okay. Cause we're still here trying. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's always going to be something new that comes up. There's always going to be something that that we have to work through and process if we've never had that modeled for us growing up and we're still learning how to do that, it's not going to, it's going to look messy. It's going to feel messy. It's going to feel heavy. And at the same time, we are capable. God created us to be capable. He created us with emotions. So we have to we have to talk about this stuff process this stuff and feel this and i was saying this to carly before we started recording there was um one of my a woman that i know was talking about healing your inner child and what that looks like and when there are things that your children are doing that are triggering you that is pointing, telling you that there's something inside of you that you haven't processed or you haven't felt or you haven't discovered or you don't understand and or realize why that triggers you. If if anyone though, like if anyone or anything is triggering you, there that's a, a what, is the, what is the word I'm looking for? That's like a sign that you need to turn inward. Yeah. Well, it's information. Right. It's information. And so when it comes to our children, if we can, A, realize that 
there's going to be things that come up that require us to do some work that feels heavy and also know that we're capable and also know that us being humble as parents changes so much for our kids. Yeah. Because if we are honest and raw and vulnerable and get down on their level and apologize and be face to face with them and call ourselves out, that is not something I ever experienced as a child. So I don't even know the ripple effect that it'll have on future generations. The fact that there are parents who are willing to do those things. Yeah. With their kids. You know, and as, as we're talking about this, I'm just thinking about like, yes, God made us capable. And at the same time, he made it to where we need to need him. Yeah. And so I think sometimes when people talk about parenting and, you know, things you should do or, you know, things that are good or fruitful or, you know, all these things, it's like, we can't leave out the fact that we all need a savior and we need to like make room for God to be God. And we can bring all of these things to him. Anything that we're feeling or experiencing or working through or struggling with, we can bring it to him. Anything that our children are dealing with, feeling, thinking, wondering about, pray with them about it. It changes things. It changes your relationship with your children because it's like, hey, you know what? You're working through this. We're on the same team. I am on your team and we're working through this together and we can pray to God about it. We can talk about it. We can work through it. We're a family. We do this together. We work through stuff together. We go through the hard stuff together. That I think, I mean, we all just want to know that, there's people around us that just genuinely love and care and understand us and listen. Yes. And if, and if, if we're not being understood, the willingness to understand, right. That is emotional safety. Right. And that's what I tell my children. Help me understand. Yes. What you're, what you're feeling. Yes. I see your body is telling me you are feeling very angry help me understand. Help me help you. Well, I think that's, that's one of the biggest, before I even knew about the concept of emotional safety, I grew up going to therapy, right? (laughs) And one of the things that they would say was that if you're talking to someone and you're trying to work through something or resolve something, you want to make sure that that person feels like you're understanding and hearing what they're saying. So one of the things they have you do is repeat back what you think they're saying. Yes. So that way they can either say, yes, that's how I'm feeling or no, this is what I meant, or this is how I'm feeling. You didn't actually hear what I said. Yeah. And so if we can model that for our children as they're growing, 
that's huge. That is huge because like you and I were saying before we started recording, there are adults who have no idea how to do that because it was never a concept in their home. It was either you, you need to man up, you need to stop crying. Um, Children are meant to be seen and not heard. Go to your room, whatever it is. Yeah. Keep that inside. Boys don't cry. Yeah. So we, the fact that we, have the opportunity to foster that with our children is so huge. It's so huge. And, and witnessing children, like what you talked about, reading the words of the week, witnessing children fully express themselves is so, I don't even know the word. I don't even know the word. When you see a child feel comfortable and safe enough to tell you how they're feeling or how you made them feel or whatever it is that they're sharing, it's, it's life-changing, truly. It's humbling. Well, because I, I think sometimes parents get uncomfortable with stuff like that because it evens the playing field. Yes. Because at the end of the day... We're all children of God. And I think I mentioned this last. You did. And I don't know if a parent's ego can really take what I'm really saying when I say that. Yes. Your children and you to God are equal. He loves us the same. He wants the same things for us. Now, I'm saying that in a very general sense. I know parents have authority over their children and that's all, all of these things. I'm not discounting any of that, but I'm talking about you peel back the layer. I am a daughter of God. And so is my daughter. He is grieved when we are not caring about the way that we care about other people. And so I think that's, uh, well, that's, that's literally in the book safe house. He talks about, let me see if I can find it. Um, that we want to, we want to, obviously we want our children, we want our children to care about like how they feel, but we also want them to care about how they make other people feel. Where is the, it's in the very beginning. I have it underlined somewhere. Well, and I mean, just putting us on the same, we all, I need grace. Yes. My children need grace. Yes. So as I am showing them grace, I need them to show me the same grace. Yes. So That's what I'm talking about. When you create this emotional safety foundation, if God is the core of everything and then your relationships and how you love each other and the grace you have for one another is the overflow of that. I mean, I don't, I think parenting is basically that simple even though it's that complicated as well. I understand. Yeah. It's, 
these things are so, they're so little and they're so huge at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, like you just said, having grace for one another is so important because as we've said on the podcast many times, we're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. We are human. We are going to make mistakes. And at the same time, it's our responsibility to acknowledge what we've done, how we behaved or what we've said and apologize and repent and make sure that we're not continuing to do the same thing. Yeah. So one, I I don't know. I've, I've know I've written about it. I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, but I think about this so many times, like when I think about teenagers and how people speak about teenagers, yes, I don't have teenagers yet. And so I don't want to speak out of turn. Like I know what that feels like just on from my perspective i know that there's a lot of stuff going on when you're a teenager there's hormones i i remember what it was like to be a teenager and it didn't feel that great and i think sometimes adults just forget that they were also teenagers that felt all those crazy feelings at the same time but so we treat our children a certain way when they're young And then all of a sudden they're not young anymore. And then teenagers start to treat parents a certain way. And parents talk poorly about teenagers. But what if the teenagers are just treating their parents exactly the way they were coached to treat other people when they were children? So we we can't be surprised when this stuff comes back around. So the way that we parent our children, the way we speak to them, the way we repair with them, we we cannot forget that we need that same grace from them. Yeah. We, I, it's, it goes both ways. Our relationship, it's a continuous thing. Yeah. They're not always going to be a basically powerless little child. Right. They're going to grow up. And they need to learn how to handle real life situations. They're not always going to live in your house. They're going to be with friends. They're going to go to school. They're going to be coworkers. They're going to get married. Like they carry this stuff, these day to day, simple things, how to speak, how to disagree, how to mess up, how to repair, like all of these things. And, you know, when we talk about, I think the part that is, well, a lot of parts about this is overwhelming to me because we, we care about this so much, but it's the fact that adults can't give children what they have not received. And the adults who need to hear what we're talking about oftentimes don't want to hear what we're saying. Yes. Because these kind of conversations, it's like they were not given the emotional capacity to even go this deep. And that's the part that really, really makes me sad because I know that God can do anything. And I know that people can decide at any moment to change 
And I also know that some people live their entire lives without changing because changing would be too painful. Too painful, too scary. Yeah. I think that's one of the the harder things that, well, I mean, there's a few different things that that made me think of when you were saying it. One being that when you were speaking earlier about how we speak to our children and how our children are not responsible for how we're feeling because they don't even know what we're feeling most of the time. And our reactions sometimes have absolutely nothing to do with our children. It has to do with us, what's going on inside for us and us never learning how to process or feel our feelings or express them in healthy ways. I think one thing that people forget, right? Like if we're talking about teenagers and we're talking about all the different things that are going on for them, we as adults forget what that felt like. So it's kind of like the same thing. Our children didn't, when they're younger, they have no concept of all the things that are running through our heads that and never running to do list. What's next? What's up next? Whatever is else is going on. Then we as adults, if they're teenagers, we forget that how that felt. So then if they've seen that from us growing up, then they're teenagers and they don't know how to talk about things or process things. And also too, I mean, we said this I have said it multiple times, but children are not accessories. We can't just love them and nurture them when they're little and then forget about all the other stages of life. And so we can't just, we can't just skip from infancy and toddler to adulthood. There, there's a whole lot of years in between. And like Carly said, I have, I have not had a teenager. I don't have a teenager. I know what it felt like to be a teenager. Yeah. And I just know that based on my experience growing up, you still have to sit and talk to your kids when, when they need you. Cause if you don't, then there's, there are going to be voids in their life that they grow up trying to fill that can never actually be filled. Yeah. And it truly comes down to it's a God-sized hole that can't be filled by anything of this world. Did you say this on the podcast or did you just say this to me? I don't remember. You said it. I don't it. remember. Yeah. But because that's what it comes down to. The way that I love my children is an overflow of the love that God gives me the mercy that he gives me, the grace that he gives me. And I don't ever want to get over that. And I don't take that lightly. And every, every single day matters and every single second matters because we can change in an instant. We can say, Oh, you know what? This is not working. And you can ask your kids for a fresh start and you can make it a team thing. And I think that is how God intended our relationships to be healing like that. Our marriages to be healing like that. Our families to be healing like that. Because that is why when I talk to my kids, I'm, we are a team. Mm-hmm. 
everything. Obviously, there's stuff that my husband and I go through that they have no idea about because it's not appropriate for children to know. But the 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 big stuff, the family stuff, we talk about it, we pray about it, we work through it together. We're real, we're honest. We mess up in front of each other and we say that we're sorry and we mean it. And right. we ask for forgiveness and we mean it. And all of that is the overflow of what God already did and what and will continue to do forever and ever. Amen. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the overflow. And I, and I think that what you said is so important that we remember that we're a team, we're a family. Mm-hmm. We love one another and showing love for one another means listening to one another mm-hmm. and empathizing and apologizing and realizing that sometimes we might not have meant to feel, make someone feel that way and we still did. Yeah. There's just... I We did want to mention, I wrote down all the titles. It sounds like we... Dr. Josh and Christy Straub are like paying us. Uh, (laughs) It's not a paid ad. We just honestly, we love Safe House. It's not a, I don't even want to call it a parenting book because I feel like parenting books, it is, it's literally, it's a, I think every parent should read it. It's a healing book. Every, every, everybody should read it. It's, they're so passionate about, Christ-centered homes and loving each other and emotional intelligence and all of the things that we care about and we talk about, they talk about. They wrote that book, Safe House. And then I wanted to mention they, they have written a series of children children's books. Oh, yes. Um, so I wanted to mention that because people might be looking for practical ways of, you know, reading I we read these books all the time. My kids love it and we act it out and, um, we're silly with it. And we're, because that's the thing. I think people get so scared about emotions because it's like, Oh, shh, don't talk about it. I know. It's like, no, we literally all get angry sometimes. Yes. How are we not going to talk about this? Just because you don't talk about something doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. Like we should. And I, we, I read these books and we talk about it and we act it out and we're silly with it. And we, we just, we make it a part of real life. Yes. And actually too, I was going to say that, um, the book that you sent. Oh yeah. That you sent us for Easter. Yes. And days of the Easter story, a family experience through the feelings of Holy week mm-hmm. was they literally, it just, it breaks down all of the different feelings, all of the different motion, yes. emotions. It's so, so helpful. And so I definitely think you, we should include all of those in the, in the show notes. So people, oh, can- yes. So there's that one. They also have a Christmas one. Yes. Um, they have, what do I do with anger? What am I feeling and what do I do with worry? Yes. And all of those books, I 10 out of 10 recommend. Um, and I'll, I'll put them all in the, the show notes. 
so y'all can look them up and get them and read them with your kids and just start the conversation. It's, I want my kids to know that, that we can talk about anything. Yes. Yes. The small stuff, the big stuff, the hard stuff, the stuff they think I'll be mad about anything and everything. I want them to know that they can bring it to me. Yes. And they can bring it to my husband and we will deal with it. And. And one of my favorite things that you've said and that I have witnessed you say in your own parenting is that we don't say you're going to, you're in trouble or you are going to be in trouble because if someone's in trouble, that means that they need our help. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is so important that our children know that if some, if they make a mistake or they do something wrong, they're not in trouble. Mm -hmm. We will be there to help them and work through it with them and do whatever we need to do. Yeah. Well, because that is, that is like normal talk. People say, Oh, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And so my kids have heard that. And they've said, oh, you're in trouble. And I'm like, no, if somebody's in trouble, that means we help them. Right. Period. Period. And, um, yeah. And I'm just, I'm thinking about how long it took me to realize I misunderstood for so long. God and who he is and how he loves me and cares about me because of my own experience with the adults that were supposed to love and care about me because of our own lenses. And so if I am nothing else, allow me to be a window for God, for my children to see who God really is and how he really loves them. And how they can bring anything and everything to him. So, if nothing else, let me be that. So the way I live, the way that I love them, the way that I speak to them, the way that I treat other people, let it be that. And that is so beautiful. We could continue on and on. <laughs> I think, I think that's well where uh, we'll leave you for this week. That's, that's a we'll good leave. stop and stop yes. point. I think we covered most of what we wanted to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We will be back next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.